Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an all-new 2019 rendition of Real Tales from the Barside. This is the podcast that talks about the shit that goes down at the bar, at the restaurant, after hours. We're talking about everything here. We've got great guests, everybody ranging from busboys to owners of major conglomerate restaurant corporations. We got it all. So lock in, get ready, stay tuned for Real Tales from the Bar Side. Welcome to another episode of Real Tales from the Bar Side. I am your host, Matt Flynn, and I, I, we're airing some episodes out of order here. I'm not sure where this is going to fall, but this is my first real week without the bar. The bar closed. Two-door tavern is no more. And uh, it's been weird. It's been really fucking strange, if I'm honest. It, it was such a huge part of my life for the better part of five years. It was my home base. It was my sanctuary. It was a, just a geographic space I could go to at any point in the city to store things, to do some work, to hang out. It was my cheers. Everybody knew my name. And for all the complaints that people have, including me, about their jobs and things like that. Uh, I loved it. And it's been strange. It's been a weird week. It's been very reflective. And uh, over the past few days, I've gotten better, I think, each morning, afternoon, and evening as far as how I'm handling it, how I'm processing the loss of it. Because it is. It's it's a grieving process. It's strange. This is a tough thing to kind of handle. And I'm handling it. And it's nice. And I'm staying busy. And I, it's afforded me a lot of opportunity to, to get this podcast back up and running, to do a bunch of other things, uh, YouTube-related, social media-related, audition-related, class-related, just getting involved more in my craft and in my career, and that's amazing. But it's still a loss, and I will forever love the Two-Door Tavern and the people there. And I think over the next few weeks, we'll probably have some people in to talk about it. But for now, we have a very special guest, one of my dear friends, uh, somebody I've known for ages. He's a, an amazing actor. He's a phenomenal stuntman, and he is no stranger to the bar. Danny Shock, welcome to Real Tales from the Bar Side. What's up, Matt? So, I'm really pumped to have you in here. We've had such strange and cool experiences over the years, be it through mutual friends. We shot the Frog March together. Yep, yep. Um, and you're a guy who just, I would love to have at my bar. Thank you. Like, honestly, you're a guy that's like, <laughs> yeah. you contain yourself, you appreciate booze, you're kind of like, like there's an... Uh, I'm a good customer. You're a good customer, <laughs> but you're, you're a connoisseur, too. Like, you're a whiskey sipper. I, I like whiskey, sure. I mean, you know, um, bars are a funny place, man. It's like, you, like you were saying, it's your sanctuary in, in, some, in some ways. And, and I, I think that, too, like, a good bar is a, you know, a good bar should be a place where you can... Uh, meet new people. It's a place where you can have great conversation. It's a place where you can meet up with old friends. Yeah. It's a place where you can sit and watch the game. It's a place where you can sit and listen to great music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a place where you can just be yourself in so many ways. And believe me, none of those things have anything to do with alcohol. True. And that's what I like about the bar. You know, sure, I like my cold beer at the end of the long day like anybody else. Sure. But, 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 being able, like you said, to go to a place where people know you, they understand. There's no pretense. I don't have to like explain 
who I am and like, yeah. you know what I mean? I can just go to this place and I can sit down and I can be alone if I want. I can hang out with people if I want. I can just be myself completely. And sometimes, of course, the alcohol helps that. Sure. You know, to be yourself. But, but oftentimes, you know, I'll go in and just have one or two and be there for hours. And it's just because I'm just talking to people and enjoying myself. You get to meet new people and, and hear new stories like, you know. Like what this podcast is all about. Yeah, yeah, it's really true, too. It's an interesting take on all this, too, to leave just kind of the alcohol out of it for a second Mm. because we focus so much. Because you live a sober sober life. Yeah. And, like, you can still enjoy the bar. You talk about it the same way that I talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I do. But I think so often even the guests that we've had that are sober, people in recovery, Mm -hmm. the focus is on how we handle being around it. Right. But the communal atmosphere is really so much of what, matters to me mm-hmm. it is yeah. especially in new york where people don't have house parties they don't have right. get-togethers right. at their homes because right. there's just not enough space right right so it means the world to me to do it for that sense for that social camaraderie for that atmosphere mm-hmm. i had a rule where it was i don't go to the bar on my days off right and one reason was because I'm too intertwined with the regulars. I'm too intertwined with the staff. Right, and that's it, work. It could stress me out. That's work and but, not fun. But right, it's, on it's, the other side of it, mm-hmm. I would not drink at all and be there for five hours, right. meaning to pick up my check. Right, 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 right. Because exactly. it's so comfortable. And there's a game on, or there's a, you something's know what I mean? Happening. Something's exactly. going on. There's yeah. always something happening at the, at the bar, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's. I think that's what I like about it. Sometimes you know. Uh, you can you could spend all day in your house like that's something I I, I have all the time. At, you know, being a, a stunt man, you don't work every day, so yeah. it's like uh, there are days where I don't even open my mouth unless I'm talking to my dog. You know, like <laughs> you don't talk to anybody all day, so it's like I need to go talk to some people. I need to go yeah. see the daylight. I need to you know get out there and uh, experience something different than just you know, Netflix and the dog. You well, know? That, that's the other part of it, too, is I think for most people, I'm very fortunate I live in New York City. Yeah. And it it's a breathing, living entity. Right. It's something that's right. always moving. There's motion right. at all times. I step out of the house, and it's like stepping onto the Audubon. Right, It's right. crazy. And I'm in Brooklyn. Right. You come into Manhattan, and it's even it's amped up to another level. Yeah, sure. But it, for most people that live in a suburb right. or a rural place, and you're a a new homeowner, yeah, a beautiful yeah. place. Thank you. I yeah, yeah. had the pleasure of staying at yeah, last week. But, uh, yeah. It's, again, a suburban joint mm-hmm. on a nice street. Mm-hmm. And if you're not working, yeah, you know, it's stuntmen, you, you get a call and you're working for 10 days and then you're not for another 20. Right. It, right. It's it's kind of like the same madness. I talked to so many women who are stay-at-home parents. Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's it's it, That's what it feels like a lot of times. Like I'm the stay-at-home dad. Yeah, you know, and it, and it's it, believe me, you know, when that day uh, comes with my wife and I, Brooke, um, we're gonna, you know, I'll, I'll, that's gonna be my job. You know, part of my job is gonna be staying at home, taking care of the baby, doing all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and I can't wait for it, honestly. Like I, I'm excited about it. You know, I think I'd be pretty good at it. You know, um, but it's like that now with the dog too. It's like you know, you got the. Yeah, you got know, you got the feeding times, and you got you know yeah. he's got to have his exercise, and you got to go out, and, you know, and we go out and we do that, but you know it's the middle of the week. It's not like the park's filled with people. Yeah, it's like me and the dog and a few other dog walkers. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And he's a hyperactive puppy oh, too. God, George is amazing. I George, had the pleasure last week. Georgie with boy, George. <laughs> phenomenal dog. Yeah, he's a good looking dog. He's got a lot of energy, mm. and so 
a seven-month-old puppy with that kind of energy, yeah. it is. There is a correlation, I think, to raising a, a kid. It's a lot like that. That can't yet speak, and right. you don't exactly know what's wrong, but you know right. something's up. Right, exactly. I've so, lived with a lot of kids. Yeah. I've had some strange experiences right. in my 30-plus years. 30, Jesus, how many plus? Too many plus <laughs> years on this right. earth. And I've lived with a lot of newborns and kids, and yeah. it's not dissimilar. No, that. yeah. It's like we, we're calling it like baby prep. Yeah, you know, it's like baby practice kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> I guess a lot of people do that. But that's that's kind of how we're looking at it, you know, and he's a member of the family. We love him. He's the best. He's cool. He, he loves the bar, too, actually. <laughs> they let um, him in? Oh, yeah. The, oh, that's great. The owner of my local place, the Cottage Bar in Teaneck, New Jersey, they, you know, the owner's a dog lover and a dog owner and, and, and a couple of the bartenders own dogs, too. So it's like, you can bring him in, no problem. He's like, he's still... A little too wild to like just sit down and chill mm-hmm. so you got to kind of chase him around the bar a little bit you know but all the customers i've never had anybody say like oh what's that dog doing in here it's like the owner likes him so yeah. <laughs> who cares you know yeah. and uh people love dogs you know so i love dogs yeah. i love i went to um i took my mom out to europe we hit a bunch of car- countries she'd never been out of the yeah. u.s so right. we had this really cool three-week trip planned we awesome. had five spots in europe it's great and when we got to amsterdam they were just like cats chilling <laughs> yeah. in restaurants and like walking up to you and rubbing up against you. I love cats. Right. And so I was all about it. I'm kind of like, this is hilarious right. because the health department in the U.S. Right. freaked the fuck yeah, out. totally. And, but it's just a different, it's a different place. Mm-hmm. And I think there are so many people, dogs I think are more of a U.S. There's something about dogs. There are certainly yeah. cat people in this yeah, country. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But dogs represent more of the American culture, I think. Yeah, they may, you know. And, uh, you know, it's man's best friend, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. so luckily, I mean, believe me, if I were home totally alone uh, all, like, you know, all day or for, like you said, for like 20 days at a time or something like that, I would go crazy. Like the fact yeah. that I've got George with me is awesome. We just hang out, yeah. you know. We watch movies together, you know, we go to the park, you know. There's a montage in here somewhere. Yeah, we exactly. film just all the different things. Exactly. We'll play like a sad Sarah McLaughlin or Selena right, Dion song right. and just kind of like his birthday. Just the, yeah. all the things <laughs> yeah. you've done together. Exactly. He loves his boiled chicken and, you know, we'll sit and watch football. He'll chew on his bone and I'll scream at the TV, you know. It's that kind of thing. That's awesome. So, yeah. So he loves watching the people run around on the grass. I think that's what he likes. You know, it's, you know, it's, he's jealous. You know, he's dreaming about him running around on grass. Yeah, well, shit, the springtime's coming. Oh, you have man. a nice backyard it's for gonna him. Be great. Plenty yeah. of parks. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to it's it. It's good shit. All you dog owners out there, you better be eating this shit up. <laughs> we haven't done it 10 minutes on dogs yet. Right. It's a big win. Yeah. So you have a local, the Cottage Bar, you said? Yeah, it's the Cottage Bar in Teaneck, New Jersey. Okay. Did you take me there once? Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've there been the there time. before. Yeah. And uh, it's a great, you know, it's like, it's, you know, like any bar, it's got its problems and it's got things that, you know. The, but it's the, homey. One of the things I loved about it right away was oh, the, just the, the feel of, oh, there's no pretense here. No. And I, it's just relaxed. You, you know this. There are two kinds of bars. There are, like, bars that serve food. And then there are restaurants that have a bar. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I prefer the former like mm-hmm. i like bars that serve greasy you know yeah. fried food like that's that's great i don't like the like bars that are like there's a restaurant over there and then you're waiting for your table you can sit at the bar and you know what i mean oh, that's for, a nightmare and it's just like it's just not it's just not uh as welcoming i feel like you know what i mean it's like a way station almost whereas like sure. a, a bar that serves food is like come on in like everybody's welcome have a seat and that's what i like about the cottage too it's like Everybody is welcome. You've seen, I've seen so many different kinds of people walk in through those doors, and nobody 
gets the cold shoulder from anybody. And that, yeah. you know, a good bar begins and ends with the bartenders. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about that. I mean, you could be in the coolest looking space. You, I could be in Rick's Cafe from Casablanca. You know, mm-hmm. like the coolest spot ever. And if the bartender's an asshole, I'm out of there. Yeah. Like, I don't care about that. You know, I don't care what it looks like or feels like or anything. I mean, or looks like or what the prices are. That, that doesn't matter to me at all. It's like it, welcoming space where the bartender is like, hey, what's up? What can I get you? And they're just... They're just happy to be there too. I'm happy to be there. Everybody should be happy to be here. Sure. You know? It's I like, totally agree. That's what that's what I like that's what I feed off of. And you know, a great bar. It could be a hole in the wall, shithole little fucking, you know, <laughs> you know, dump. But Dive if the bartender's the a good guy or good girl, like I'm there. Like, I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. And it, it's interesting too, because we talk so much about this stuff, and as much as I agree, mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be on the other side of it where right. it's like, yeah, as the patron, of course. Right. But as the bartender, mm-hmm. I've been a dick so often to mm. people where it's just, I, I am not the U.S. justice system, no. even though I don't think the U.S. justice system is the U.S. justice <laughs> system either. Certainly flawed, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I, you are absolutely 100 fucking percent guilty until proven innocent when right. you walk in the door. Right, yeah. Like, I am suspicious of anyone you, I don't know. You do have to earn your stool. You 100%. Know, yeah, totally. And when you're in a place like Teaneck in mm-hmm. New Jersey, mm-hmm. I think you're less apt to come across entitled shitbags, mm. for yeah. lack of a better term, yeah, yeah. right? No, that, so that's when exactly pe- what they are. When yeah. people <laughs> when people walk through the door on the Upper East Side, and right. it's just like, I don't know you. What am I going to have to get into? And there are certain people that just bring an energy with them where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this seems like a really nice guy, right? Right. And if you walk in with that energy and a calm smile, mm-hmm. but. There's the, the guys that just rush to the bar. They've never right. been in there before, and they right. run in, and, right. and they run to a stool, and they right. sit down, and right. there's a hostility to right. it. And I'm like, where's the fire, buddy? Well, you know better than anybody um, bar uh, etiquette, mm-hmm. you know? And sure. there, there's a certain etiquette, and I was lucky enough to grow up in my hometown in West Orange in Jersey, and no shortage of bars in that town. It's an Irish, you know, mostly Irish Catholic town, you know? Like, yeah. There's no shortage of bars in there, and... and and the people, you know, I learned very early on, like, how to behave, how not to behave, you know, all the snapping fingers or oh, the, yeah, the, the yeah, calling out the bartender's name. And that's, I mean, that, that like, you get shot down quick in yeah. my town, you know, something like that. You pull something like that. They'd be like, hey, asshole. Like, you know what I mean? Right. I don't work for you. Totally. I'm serving drinks, but I don't work for you. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's. Allow kind of this thing. to be my pleasure so I, to serve you, right. not my fucking bane. Right. Or just the, the thing that's like, oh. Right. Oh, right. You're not worth the 350 cores light, pal. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. back up. You know? <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing. And so uh, I, I've taken that etiquette with me. And it's funny. The cottage, like I said, mostly awesome people come in there. I've never really seen any real troublemakers or anything. But there is a hospital about two blocks away, okay. and there's also a college in town. So we we get all different kinds of people come in. Sometimes you get the people that just got you know discharged from the hospital because mm-hmm. they had some trouble on the street or something, and they're looking for a handout or they're looking for you know a couple cigarettes or whatever. You know, sure. so those those people kind of wander in from time to time, and and you know, and to the credit of the cottage staff. They're always like, hey, what can I do for you? You know, what do you need? You know, and they'll be like, hey, man, you got any money? And they're like, no, 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 we don't have time for that. Sorry, yeah. sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're always like, you know who that is when they walk in. Sure. But they don't, they don't like judge them by how they look. You know, it's like, can I get you something to drink? And they're like, sure, I'll get a drink. And they're like, you got some money for that? And then they're like, oh, no, I don't. And they're like, all right, well, then, uh, you know, take yeah. a walk, you know? Yep. And a lot of times, talking about bar etiquette, the college students come in sometimes and 
you know, generally everybody's cool, you know, but every once in a while you get that, that group of college students that don't know their etiquette. Sure. And they have to get checked, you know. Yeah. And I remember being young and not knowing how to behave. Mm-hmm. And I see it now and I go, oh, my God, I hope I was never like that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah you but know? you were. Sure. Probably not course. nearly as badly Probably as the not. worst, right? Probably but, not. But I try and keep that in mind, too, where it's kind of like deep breaths. You, right. were, you were that guy once. Right. Deep breaths. Right. Be a little patient, show them yeah. some tolerance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be wedged between a hospital and a college campus, I don't think a college campus would be as bad necessarily as right. a high school or middle schoolers because the only thing crazier than a nurse at a bar mm. is a teacher. Right. And it's right. kind of... We get a lot of them in oh, there, too. Oh, man. And it's fun, man. Like, you know, people just want to relax. That's why Absolutely. they come there. People just want to relax. But you want to know relax. what you're dealing with. As a patron yeah, yeah, who's yeah. sitting next to somebody yeah. and as a staff member, it's yeah. like, okay, cool. What do we do? Yeah. You're a nurse? Okay, cool. So right. you're going to get a little wild, but you earned it because yeah, God bless day. the shit yeah, you have to see every day. day right? Sure. And there are never easy days, yeah. you know, for nurses or, or for teachers. Not at so, all. No, teachers, not so much. Right. But if they're sitting next to a nurse and they're misbehaving <laughs> 10 times worse, it's like, all right, right. check yourself because this woman right. just had somebody die in her fucking arms. Right, right. I'm yeah. sorry a kid threw a spitball at you. Right. But like... <laughs> Job's yeah. not easy. No, no judgment. And neither but one check of them get yourself. neither one of them get paid the right Fuck amount either. No. You know. Well, nurses, I think do in New York. I don't mm. know what nurses make elsewhere. I think I in Boston, with there's a lot of hospitals and just it's yeah. really prestigious. They probably right. do well too. Right. But I've been really happy to learn that nurses, because I lived with one for a while. Mm based on their education and everything that they continue to do, the union's yeah. so strong. Yeah, they actually good. do pretty well. That's great. Good. And it's awesome to hear. I'm yeah, sure there's still room for growth with it. Yeah, everybody wants to get paid more. Yeah. Teachers are still getting fucked, and no, that's probably why you know they're wiling out. Yeah. But... It's interesting, and I'll you got to while out sometimes, right? You got You got to like, of course, you know, like what's what's happened in West Virginia, you know, in recent uh, in recent year, you know, like teachers are going on strike. Oh, sure, and uh, and then it tri- and then the same in Colorado and all that kind of. Stuff. It's it's yeah. great. It's like that's what require. That's the American system working. Yeah, you know what I mean? Is like the people saying. Yeah, we won't take this anymore. This is what we're this is what we're entitled to, and we're going to go out, and we're not going to stop until we get it. Yeah, and that's something that's like you know everybody in any working condition can relate to and say, hey, maybe there's a you know a chance for change or hundred percent. You know? One thing I would love to see, and I would never work at it, and I went out of my way to make sure that everyone knew they were not welcome to really engage mm-hmm. too heavily in political or religious conversations right, at right. the bar. Yeah. But I would love to see, I, I firmly believe religion still holds no place in a public right. public forum as right. far as it just gets too hostile yeah. and there are too many closed-minded people yeah. and zealots. Mm-hmm. But politics are so important to discuss right now. Social yeah. issues right, right now. now. Yeah. So important. Which I would love to see a place open that caters to that or maybe there is one I just don't know about right. it anybody listening if you know about a place in New York or Massachusetts yeah. that's heavily based in political conversation and yep. discourse at the bar yeah I think that would be a really cool thing to experience you know I'm, you know that they say like politics sex and religion should never be uh, topics of discussion at a no, bar no bar would be open if sex <coughs> couldn't be discussed right. but uh, but uh, that's Part of what I like about the cottage too is, like you said, such a diverse group of people. We got we got union laborers that come in, mm-hmm. we got engineers, you know, that work in the city. We've got entertainment people like myself that work, you know, that come in there, and you know, there's students that come in. There's like all types of people, like you said, nurses and teachers, and all 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 walks of life. And uh, and what I like about that place is 
I'm friends with all those people, and you know, none of us are exactly in line with each other politically. Yeah, you know, we and, had that conversation last week. I remember it's how cool so it was. So great because like I got a good friend of mine, and he is a Republican, and I am not. Mm-hmm. And um, or let me rephrase that: I don't vote Republican, and he votes Republican, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, there is a you know a discourse between the two of us uh, all the time about what's happening in the news and and what I realize and this is going to get heavier but you know this is what we should talk about at the bar but but what I realize is like where we're getting our news dictates how we feel about the news you mm-hmm. know like he's going to get his news from certain sources and I'm going to get my news from different sources and we you come back in the middle. and we <laughs> come back in the middle and we're sure. just like wait you don't know about that and oh he, he goes yo you don't know about that you know yeah. it's like you go back and forth and it and it it's interesting because I always learn something when I leave talking to him and I hope he learns something from me when we when we leave and the respect for each other doesn't go away ever mm-hmm. you know I might think twice about you know, sharing uh, super personal stuff with them or something. You know what I mean? But 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 that's anybody at the bar. You know, yeah. like, I don't talk about my marriage with them. But you yeah. know what I mean? But 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 we can talk and say like, hey, what did you think of the president's speech? Or you know, or what what did you see about this article? You know, oh, you didn't see that yet? Here, let me share it with you. You know, well, one of the, one of the things I loved when we were having this conversation last week in Jersey was when you said that you looked at him and just said, what do you want for your kids? Right. What do you? think right. you want this country to look like for your children right and that was so often where the common ground and overlap right. between we all want two the people. same things yeah we all yeah. want the same things and it's just how do we get there and all this you know uh identity politics stuff which is so rampant right now on, on both sides of the aisle is it's all about we all want the same things at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know we want healthy living for it's our citizens we want you know uh, a booming economy you know we want wealth in this country we want all that stuff it's just how do we get there and it's for me it's not identity politics about red team blue team it's about policy you know the policies will dictate how people are treated in this country you sure. know it's the policy it's about universal health care it's about gun register gun uh, regulation you know things mm-hmm. like that, that th- those directly affect people you know, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it, for me, I choose to vote politicians in that are in line with my views and policy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about what they look like or what state they're from or whatever. I don't care about any of that. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to vote for? What policy are you going to put into place? You know, and I think that's the sensible way to look at things. Right. But there's just not a lot of sensible people educated on the policies themselves, mm-hmm. or the fact that policy is important. Yeah. You get so many people that are just, and I don't use ignorant in the term, in the sense that I feel like so many people, when they talk about politics, use it in a hateful way, yeah. where they're trying to downgrade, denigrate people, and just, oh, they're ignorant. It's like, no, no, yeah. no, ignorance is really just a lack of knowledge about something. Right. That's it. It's yeah. not malicious. It yeah. doesn't need to be nasty. You can use the word ignorant, because that's that's what it is. They're, they're, yeah. they're un, unaware of information or something. You know? Exactly. So, so lots of most people in this country are ignorant about I'm certainly policy. ignorant so about of course. Of, policy. of course. And the, the only way to do that is to better yourself, you know, to, mm-hmm. to better understand the policies that people are talking about. I am I'm no expert. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's, it's like just, you know, reading articles or, or following the news. Like, watch C-SPAN every once in a while. Just tune in and see what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Like, what's the House talking about? What mm-hmm. are they voting on, you know? And if people got that information, I think 
a lot of people's minds would be changed, you know. But if you come at it from watching CNN all day and somebody else comes at it from Fox News, it's right. like you're painting the exact same picture, but someone's using only right. shades of red and someone's right. using only shades right. of blue. It's like a paint by numbers, it, you And know? it's going to look yeah. totally fucking different. Right. So to compare them, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't sit in front of either, to be honest. There's too much yelling, especially yeah. Fox News. And I am in no way a Republican, but I'll right. tell you right now. Right. It wouldn't keep me from voting for one. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I, honestly, I thought Barack Obama was an amazing orator when mm. he did the um, the the commencement speech at my mm. college. He was the yeah. senator from Chicago before right. he was president, who yeah. did my commencement speech right. at UMass Boston. It was amazing. It's probably cool to be able him. to see him. Yeah. Oh, it was just it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And when he announced his candidacy for president, it was mm-hmm. just like wow, exciting, yeah. really exciting. Not yeah. only did I see him speak, but I believed in him at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. All that said, I did feel he was young. Mm-hmm. I did feel he was a little exper- inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I really liked John McCain. And I mm-hmm. hadn't really thought about a Republican candidate yeah. that I liked yeah. in a while. And he just, he exemplified to me with his war record mm-hmm. and where he stood on policy mm-hmm. and just how he seemed to be able to at least want to reach across the aisle, yeah. he seemed like a guy to vote for. It's something he was known for, is, is reaching across the aisle. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. but then... And yeah. that kind of guy, that kind of... Uh, that generation of, of uh, representative, you know, yeah. is sort of, on the whole, I think, not shown anymore, at least in, in, in the politics, no. and on television or in the radio or whatever, because yeah. it's just not... That, that doesn't sell papers. Working hard, no. keeping your head down... And doing your job is not is not is, is newsworthy. Well, the news is a tabloid. You know? Yeah, it was funny. Right. We actually had this discussion too about I forget we were quoting something about it might have been the People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh Bobby yeah, Bobby Cannavale was playing the hard copy reporter. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And he said yeah. we were the uh, right. the tabloid news that all the regular news stations hated and then later became. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's where right. we are. When we it's stopped all tabloid news. When now. we stopped uh, reporting the news. And started calling reporters correspondents mm-hmm. or contributors. You know what I mean? Like that's just you coming on and giving your opinion. That's not that's not facts. That's not the news. You know, like the news is what's happening in Washington today. Facts. You know, like facts. facts. Like this is what they're voting yeah. on. This is and this is what it means. This is what that policy means. You know, it's like when to have like you said screaming heads on television is like yeah. I, you know it just makes me think about how you know progressive talking heads the band you know like that's literally what they're talking about you know <laughs> and, and, and that's oh what it God. is you know but. i stopped making sense yeah they were ahead of the yeah. curve yeah. i just to button the mccain story it was yeah. such a shame because i believed so heavily in this guy yeah but it was really nice i mean when was the last time you had two presidential candidates where it was like well shit man i could really Go see myself way. liking either of them not yeah. oh my god which is the lesser of two evils right. bullshit right Unfortunately, when the oldest candidate in the history of U.S. presidency mm-hmm. appoints or, or decides that mm-hmm. their running mate's going to be Sarah Palin, right. and she goes on television and just kind of outs herself as being, as we discussed earlier, no ignorant. Yeah. Just ignorant. Yeah, ignorant, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It was just kind of like, I, I can't vote for this, man. I have, like, it's cool. I have yeah. this great backup plan in Barack Obama, yeah, sure. who I really care about. Yeah. But... Game Change is a great HBO original I love it. movie. I love it, and it's it just really dictates how, how great bad is Woody Harrelson in that. Oh, they're all amazing. Yeah, they're all he is yeah. awesome. Yeah. 
the I always have watch. a soft spot in my heart. Woody's the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the best. Talk about bars. He's, you know, cheers. Oh, I mean, he's, yeah. he's one of the best. That's like, if you, we're going to switch now. We're going to switch topics now. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back. We're going to jump right back in. We're going to do some cheers talk right after this. Guys, I usually do an advertisement for something I believe in. Nobody's paying me to do this shit, but a company that I really believe in, a product I use daily. Today, I'm gonna do some shameless self-promotion and direct all of you to my Instagram account, at Matthew C. Flynn. Two T's in Matthew, two N's in Flynn, at Matthew C. Flynn. I'm doing some cool stuff on there now where I am reading a page from my favorite books and posting it a few times a week. I've got all kinds of stuff about real tales from the bar side going up on there whenever I have a new episode released. Uh, YouTube channel coming out, everything that I'm doing as an actor, fun, goofy shit, escapades in New York City, all kinds of nonsense. So give me a follow, check it out, at Matthew C. Flynn on Instagram. We're back. We left off with Woody Harrelson and Cheers. We're picking up with Woody Harrelson and Cheers. How good is he in that show? Oh, he's so good. It's like one of those things. It's like you know, you lose a cast member sometimes on shows. You know, when the when uh, what was his name, Coach, Coach, Coach passed away or whatever, and. And you know, very rarely do they find anybody that like can match the the chemistry of the the previous cast member. You yeah. know, somebody they get fired or they leave the show or whatever. Very rarely can they find someone. Woody, like I thought, surpassed. You know, he took it like a whole different direction. He has the same feel and vibe as Coach because he's so like just genuinely happy and like a nice guy and everything like Coach. Yeah. But he was completely different than Coach. A hundred percent. I think. I think it was a little not to knock the writing because the writing's brilliant. Yeah, I think it's oh, really, really it's funny, awesome. funny comedy. Coach was just the guy that had taken too many hits to the head. Right, he was punchy. Yeah, he was dopey. He was yeah. an older guy. Yeah, and he was fucking brilliant. Yeah, he was so funny. Yeah. I loved him to pieces. But when you put Woody kind of in that role where he's dopey, but there's a genuine yeah. youthful glow to him, yeah. and the world's in front of him, and he's wide-eyed. Right. And he loves everybody. The writing yeah. just jumps off the page. Right. Like, now you have a guy. Yeah. It's not somebody that's just a little two-dimensional, which right. the guy who played coach, and I feel ridiculous that I don't know his name yeah. because he was so wonderful. Forget. Rest in peace to him. Mm -hmm. But he did the best anyone could with that role. Yeah, totally. Woody probably did too, Yeah, but the life that was created with that character, mm -hmm. I yeah. think was just, it gave him a lot more room to fly. You know, in comedy, I think guys like, characters like Woody um, can really elevate a show too. I mean, you think about like, like even Chris Pratt on, on Parks and Rec, mm -hmm. you know, where he's like, he's, he's like Woody in a lot of ways, you know, he's like, he's just like, exciting and happy and he's like oh you know like you said the world is in front of him he can do anything you know and it's like that's where i mean i think a lot of comedy timing comes from like or what works in comedy is just somebody being so happy all the time yeah you know it's contagious and it makes people like uh follow you you know yeah and enjoy it so yeah i i think that show is just phenomenal still especially yeah. during the different inceptions of it where it was kind of like oh wow we have this amazing run with Shelley Long mm -hmm. and Coach mm -hmm. and we're totally shifting gears and here comes Kelsey Grammer mm -hmm. and then how about some Woody Harrelson mm -hmm. and now Rebecca's in the mix right, right. and it's just like it, it never skipped a beat in some ways it got better yeah yeah I mean I think the the show it's just different right and it's like yeah. it becomes some and maybe not as equally good or maybe it is equal or better or whatever but yeah. it's something different now I mean yeah. you know, I, I like that you know and there were seasons of shows 
Fargo right now for me, mm-hmm. I just feel like it progressively improves. Mm-hmm. There's standalone seasons, so it's a little different. Yeah. But when you're talking about a sitcom, a yeah. beloved 80s sitcom. With basically one that set. That needs to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally recast right. for the most part with the exception of Sam. You can't lose Sam. No. Ted Danson was fucking back. Yeah, and Norman show. Cliff, you know, like yeah, you, yeah. You the Tertiary guys. guys are great, yeah. man. I love those guys. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's the ultimate bar show. Mm-hmm. Ultimate, oh, right. Without a doubt. There, there's, there's no, no. I don't even think there's any. There's no number two. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. that, that's it's it. Pretty much the number one. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's funny when we were talking earlier. I was thinking about how, uh, as a stunt man, yeah, you must do stunts at bars. I had yeah. a scene in Gotham. Right. At a bar, yeah, where I got the shit kicked out of me, right? In a yeah. bar room, and it's it was, fun, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's so much fun, man! It's amazing, yeah. and it was, uh, it was really interesting putting that together. Where it was kind of like, oh yeah, that all happened in a bar, yeah. And why wouldn't it? Right. It made sense for the story and for the script, where it was kind of like I'm a low life in a low life bar, drinking right. shots alone, right? With some dickheads playing pool at the right. other side of the room that mm-hmm. I call friends or people I know, right. whatever the hell they come and like jump in to help me out. Right. And here comes Alfred. Right. To he's get a badass justice. character. On oh, that he's show so too. great, I man. The actor's amazing. Yeah, he's he's, great. he's just a really cool guy. Yeah. But he jumps in and it's just you take a bar whooping. Yeah. And the only thing I didn't do, our buddy Adam Shippey, yeah. <laughs> who good, was an amazing guy, man. stunt double. Yeah. Um, the only thing I didn't do is take the bottle. Right. Barroom brawls. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen anybody, thankfully, take a bottle. Yeah. Because that shit gets scary. Boy, uh, they, <laughs> I saw somebody take a, uh, this was in college, I think we were at a house party, so it wasn't a bar, but uh, I saw somebody take like an absolute vodka bottle to the head. Oh, God. And of course, you know, you know how hard those things, you know yeah. how hard those, and they don't break. Oh. They don't break like in the movies, you know? It's like, it, it, it was nasty. The guy obviously went to the hospital. And it was, that's brutal, It was man. brutal. Yeah, but like, that's why I like doing stunts in right. movies because the things break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. I Even a Bud Light bottle. So I went to UMass Amherst. I was probably 17, maybe right. 18. And um, one of my good friends was a year or two older than me. Jared, and he was there, and I showed up. I had just showed up. It was like 3.30 in the afternoon right. on a Saturday. Yeah. And one of his housemates, they weren't in a frat, I don't think. It was just his buddy. It was yeah. a dude he lived with in the sure. apartment. He was bent over at a 90-degree angle, standing up with a towel over his head. And Jared was such a little instigator. He's a little fucker. I love him. Right. <laughs> He's right. the greatest still to this day. Right. And he's standing over him with an empty Bud Light bottle. Oh, and he keeps going, are you ready? Oh, my God. Are you ready? He's like, yeah, You're do like, it. What have I walked it. in on? Yeah. I, I walk into this. Especially with him bent over like that. I get like, what's going on, on my here? shoulder. Exactly. <laughs> like, There's so many goofy-ass hey, fellas, uh, homophobic jokes to <laughs> yeah, make that exactly. I'm sure were at the time. Right. And it was just kind of like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and all of a sudden, he, he raises his arm, just beats him over the head with the bottle. Oh. Doesn't break. Of course not. His legs go out from underneath him, collapse yep. to the ground, yep. probably concussed. Sure. And every, he gets up and everyone's giggling and laughing. Probably could have killed him. Right. But it's like, that's a Bud Light bottle. Yeah, know. You know they're not putting a ton of integrity into the craftsmanship of each of those little brown bottles. <laughs> right, right. No. And it's it's scary shit. But stunt yeah. work, yeah, they break. Yeah, they do. And they're, they're made of sugar glass, you know? It's like, uh, it's a... I don't know what it's made of exactly, but I, I'm assuming there's sugar in it. Or yeah, and they've always broken, so I'm, yeah. you know whatever whatever you they're doing. Don't keep necessarily going. want to eat it right. once it's broken. Yeah, but. yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so um, yeah, 
bars are places where emotions are high, you know? Like yeah. That's what, you know, that's what alcohol does, is it amplifies people's emotions a lot of times. So, 100%. So if they're sad, they're going to be more sad. If they're happy, they're going to be more happy, you know? It's yeah. like, it's just, it amplifies the uh, personality. And, you know, it's also, cinematically, why they use bars a lot, too, is it, it's a cool-looking place, you know? that You can line up all the taps in the shot, and the bar, the bottles are all lit up, you know? And it's mm-hmm. dark and dingy, and you can you can put special lights on special things. You can highlight stuff. You know, it looks good cinematically. You can fill it with some smoke, you know? And it, yeah. looks, it looks good. It's a good place to have a fight because there's no shortage of weapons. You know, they got bottles, you got chairs, you got stools, you yeah. got whatever, you know? And uh, so, it, yeah, it, it makes sense that they put them in bars all the time and yes I've done my fair share of stuff in bars on on, on film and TV so anything specifically that stuck out what's a good one I don't know about uh, I'm trying to think usually it's like you know pool stick or something you know yeah. like you yeah know, you, that's that kind of stuff but uh, nothing specific uh, not smash a cue over somebody it's just right. another day's work right one of my favorite bar uh, situations where it, it doesn't actually get to a fight but it's my cousin Vinny when he goes oh, to yeah. the bar to collect $100 oh, or whatever. It's one, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes. And and because you're just like, oh, here we go. Like, yep. it's set up. You got the pool sticks and they're like ready to go. And then Pesci's there and he faces off on the, the, the hillbilly dude. And it's, it's, oh, it's the best. I just love it. It is. So and much. you're right because it doesn't go there. It doesn't. That's what makes the movie great, I think. It's so know? funny. If he gave him a beating in the bar, <laughs> it would be like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, it's not. He, he, he beats him with the legal knowledge, you know. That's what, yeah. that's what I like about it. You it know? is. It, it, it gives you a good insight to that character and like yeah. oh wait maybe this fucking city boy knows what the hell he's talking about right yeah you know, he talks like yeah. a jackass it's great writing man that's, that's screenplay one of awesome. my favorite movies yeah so not an idiot that wants to fight me for two hundred dollars <laughs> yeah, exactly oh my god brilliant <laughs> he calls him a shit kicker that's one of my favorites <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's great 100% you gotta tell a couple stunt stories at least because people you don't get a stunt man on real tales from the bar side sure. and not want a couple stunt stories anyways uh, well talking about concussions I, I definitely got one <laughs> we're working on the, like you worked on Gotham mm-hmm. uh, I was I worked on the pilot and I was doubling um this actor and I got to uh, do a, you know, a fight scene in an alleyway, basically, you know, it's like the Gotham city type stuff. You know, we got, I got a knife and, uh, Jim Gordon, uh, Ben McKenzie, who plays Jim mm-hmm. Gordon and I are, are in this fight and his stunt double Turner, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, and I had worked out the choreography and we were fighting. We, we worked out the fight and we showed the actors the fight. And so when they did the nice big wide shot, you know, to show the fight, it was Turner and I going full out, you know, like mm-hmm. really hard. But then, of course, we move in. The camera's moving for coverage. And so when they're shooting Ben's coverage, Ben's doing it, obviously. And then I'm on the other side of that. I'm fighting with him. And when we turn around and we cover my actor's uh, coverage, uh, Turner's being Ben. So mm-hmm. like they're, they're fighting, you know, they could shoot it a couple of different ways. And, you know, cameras are all shaky and, you know, real yeah, you know, all that just... fun stuff. And uh, <laughs> so we're doing... Ben's coverage, so I'm fighting Ben in the alleyway, and uh, at one point he's supposed to like, it's hard to describe on radio, but he's supposed to like, you know, flip my arm behind my back and like throw me up against the brick wall, okay. to, like like he's trying to try to arrest me, you know, yeah. he's got one arm behind, yeah. you know, kind of thing, and uh, we're too far away from the wall, we had, we had like traveled while we were fighting, like a little too far away from the wall, mm-hmm. and so instead of like stopping or saying like, okay, let's reset, or like, let's, 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 
adjust ourselves even while we're doing it to get closer to the wall so we can pull this move off. Mm-hmm. He like, I don't think he realized how far away from the wall oh, we were. No. And so he like kind of like hip checked me and with like my arms behind my back. So I went head first right into the oh, brick wall. Oh God. And it was just wham, you know? I mean, I felt it right away. And I went, I like blacked out for a second, went down oh, to the ground. No. And, uh, and I heard everybody at Video Village just go, oh, you know? So I was like, I went, I hit the we head. got the I shot. Fell, I fell down to the ground and uh, I rolled up my back and I'm give like a timeout. <laughs> I, need, I need a second here. You know? oh and Ben, God. of course, was like beside himself. He was so like, sorry. And we're yeah. like, oh my God, are you all right, Danny? Everything okay. And, uh, you know, I was fine. I, I saw black for like three seconds God or something. Damn. And then, uh, you know, stars around your head kind of thing. Sure. And, and so I was just like, I need like five minutes. I need like a bottle of water, some Advil. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll be all right. And uh, so, yeah, we waited. And, of course, that's not how the scene's supposed to end, so we have to keep going. You know, that's not yeah. – they can't use – they can't even use that shot in the thing because I'm supposed to keep going and, uh, and oh, get out. So we had to keep going. You know, we kept shooting, and uh, we got the, sh- the we got the fight. We got the scene done, and, and I think it looks great in the final product. So Damn. Yeah, it's it, it, there's some scary moments. Sometimes, you know, let me just say, what I love about doing stunts is, I think what you love about acting is uh, helping tell the story. Mm-hmm. You know, we're telling a story, and stunts is just a part of that. Just like props are just a part of that, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, just like acting's a part of it. It is, you know, 100%. And, and uh, get to tell a story and kind of trick the audience, you know? When you used to do the theater, I, I used to love, like, doing, like, a murder mystery or something, and you got to plant the knife somewhere earlier in the scene so that, you know, it wasn't there earlier, but you know now it, now it's there. So you got to find a place where you can, you know, palm something or hide it. You know, it's like, or where do you hide the blood packet when you're gonna stab somebody on the on, yeah. on on stage? You know what I mean? Like in TV, you can just cut. Let's put the blood in. Okay, roll again. Theater's you know? a different beast. Theater, you gotta like trick the audience. You gotta like misdirection of the eyes. You know, yeah. and, and uh, I love that stuff. So with stunts, we get to do that a lot of that. You know, is we get to trick the audience and, and make you believe what you're seeing is real ish you know yeah <laughs> as close to as yeah. close to reality as we can try you know and uh that's a lot of my work is like you know cop number four you know or leg breaker number two you know what i mean like that kind of stuff sure and it's big riot scenes and it's fighting it's driving cars it's shooting guns that kind of stuff but every once in a while you get to do like a cool fight scene like on gotham and we get to like you know make it look like it's that actor and you know, you're 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 that part of that character. Mm-hmm. You know, the actors say the lines, and the actors are the the face of the character, and, and of course the body of the character. But when you get to do the stunt, you're a part of that character. Sure. And I like that. You know? And there is so much rehearsal that goes into it. Most from, of the time, from what yeah. I've known. Yeah. And just anything I've been involved in, mm-hmm. it's even when we shot the Frog March, mm. we don't have a ton of physicality in very that little, film. Well, tons of physicality, very little action. Like violent nothing, action. Yes, yes. Nothing yeah. that would dictate a, a stunt rehearsal or things like no, that. No, no, With the exception of a couple moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were yeah. small. And, and we think, worked that out. We got, yeah. you and I got to got to really make that with John, of course, and Joan, like, got to shoot that and make it look like it was pretty violent. Yeah. And I think it in, came In both well. cases, I think. In, yeah. In, in both cases, a piece of sheetrock suffered. <laughs> but, I mean, right. typically that's right. kind of something. Sheetrock, that, sheetrock that you can replace. Right. You can replace sheetrock. Right, right, yeah. right. But, man, it's... Um, it does require a lot of rehearsal, not just to make it look good, mm-hmm. but I think one of the things you preach so heavily that I respect about you as a stuntman that'll take you far into coordinating and anything that you want to do in this field Someday, yeah. is that you preach safety. It's oh, just because you want to make sure it's safe. Like, it, that, Does it look good? Yes, great, we need that. 
But is it safe? Well, I'm going to reverse the order. It's more like, you know, at the end of the day, the number one goal at the end of the day is that everybody goes home safely. Sure. Yeah. The second goal is that we get the shots and yeah. you know, complete our day. Like that's that's the order of my mentality, you know. And uh, I think most stunt coordinators I've ever worked for, that's their mentality too. Yeah. Is that like we can we can do the shot if number one is is good, like if it's safe or you mm-hmm. know. And of course, there's things. The nature of that job is that some things are unsafe. I mean, it's not safe to get hit by a car. Yeah, you know, it's not a safe thing to do, but you do it as safely as possible to achieve the shot. You know, I was on the set of something. I forget what it was. It might have been white collar back in oh god knows when. Right. But years and years and years ago, somebody had to take a car, mm-hmm. and it was just ambulance on standby. Yeah. Car came around the corner. They rehearsed it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Car hit the guy. Mm-hmm. Went up over it. Mm-hmm. Smashed his head on the windshield. Got a huge egg on his head and had yep. to get taken out by the ambulance, but they yeah. got the shot. And yeah. everybody was like, oh, well, that, when is, you know, hopefully he's okay as well as it could. And it's just yeah. double his rate. And yeah. It, yeah. It's crazy. It's just yeah. wild work. It is. And, and uh, it is a job. Yeah. You know, it is a job. Yeah. And we get uh, compensated for it, um, like any other job. Um, but yeah, and, you know, just the randomness of physics you know you just don't know sometimes you know you get yeah. you could your leg gets caught a certain way you know the tire is three inches this way where it should be three inches the other way or whatever yeah. you know and just people you know just the body just moves and you know if you hit your head on the windshield obviously you try to avoid that yeah um when i did my car hit for a movie called uh, life of crime they wanted it big and sloppy you know i'm a big heavy set guy so it was like they wanted Sloppiness. They wanted a bit. You know, they wanted it ugly. They didn't want it like a gymnast mm-hmm. rolling and tumbling. It was, you know, it was like a smash into the windshield, just blah blah blah, blah you know, mm-hmm. down. And so uh, we pulled that off, and it was great. It looked awesome. It made the movie, you know, and it made the the cut of the movie. So, did you do one for Boardwalk too? I felt like you had a car hit in Boardwalk. Uh, no, not on Boardwalk Empire. Uh, although I. I definitely wouldn't have wanted to get hit by one of those Model Ts, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they're not. I mean, they wouldn't go very fast, obviously, but they. But they're just pure metal. <laughs> it's yeah. just, there's no give at all. So, oh. uh, I don't think anybody would have let us get hit by a Model T. But by one of those, those they're antiques. You know? It's one, one thing, <coughs> definitely, to actors out there. Anybody listening in the acting field is just don't try and be a hero when stunt guys are showing you rehearsals. When it's your coverage, when things are going on, just remember the safety element of it. I feel like because actors aren't stuntmen and they're not in this position all that often mm-hmm. and they do just so many people want to look cool and this, right. have the shot look cool and like look at me doing this don't be tom cruise yeah they're trying to be right. badasses right. and it's like you, you got to remember that this is safety first and you can trust you can trust the coordinator and trust your director and trust the cinematographers that that's not going to make it look stupid yeah like like People say like, oh, you know, I've heard people say about something. Well, they're there, they're there to get hurt. And it's like, well, no, no, I'm not there to get hurt. No. My job is to be there so that nobody gets hurt. Yeah, you know, and um, I don't know. That's that's I, that's how I try to work on set. You know, is like my job is to accomplish the goal of getting the shot that we need. And I'm going to trust the coordinator. I'm going to trust the cinematographer. I'm going to trust the director that it's not going to look stupid. And yeah, the actor, and that when someone's watching it, that they're not going to. They're not going to know it's Danny Shock doing that, that mm-hmm. it's the character doing that, you know? And that's the goal. And there's so much also, just any on any film and TV set, there's so many other factors to consider. Oh the other scene that I had in Gotham that wasn't in the bar, I was in this pickup truck, mm-hmm. and it was just no power steering, no power brakes, right. old-ass, cool, grumbly, yeah. here's a Gotham pickup truck yeah. that so a villain would drive, stuff. Yeah. right? Yeah. 
and they threw me in it, and it was hour 15, mm. and everybody wants to go home. The director's oh, yeah. freaking out. The line producer's down. Everybody's throat. The first AD's losing his mind. Sure. And they're like, okay, all right, let's just shoot this. Right. They put me in the truck. There's no rehearsal. Right. I'm in a truck with no power right. steering, no power brakes. Right. Literally pressed against the side of it is a, a grip or someone from the camera department just with a flag holding against a steady cam. Right. And I'm supposed to whip past on a wet street. Right. All these people zoom in and hit a mark in a truck that have never driven with right. all this shit. Right. And you can't say no, but you have to be safe about it. Right. So it's, uh, I think we had this discussion too at one point yeah. where it was kind of like, I zoom in and I do it at a speed in a way that I know isn't what they're going to want, mm-hmm. but is exactly what they told me to do right. and is safe. Right. And then they'll say, all right, can you can you do it a little faster? Right. And right. Say, yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah. Now that I've driven it, right. now I can. Yeah, you it. work up to the speed, you know. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times, um, <laughs> this is like, the directors will say something, you know, you definitely don't want to do it at the fastest you can go the first time. Because they're always going to ask for you to ask faster. for more. Exactly. So, you know, so so you like exactly what you did. You did exactly what what I would have done. Yeah. Is, you know, you do it as safe as you possibly can. So you know the route, the, the reset. You got to back the truck up, yeah. or you got to do all that kind of stuff. You know, you're on the radio in the car, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a lot it to is. take in. You know? And then, oh by the way, don't forget your performance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't exactly. Forget to right. Fucking act. Yeah. Don't do forget you're not Matt Flynn doing this. You know, your character, right? I mean, I I, I worked on the uh, Scorsese movie that's coming out, the uh, the Irishman. Which, oh, which I yes. can't wait to work. I can't wait to see. I that. can't wait to see it too. And uh, I got to double. In the, in the story, uh, De Niro's got like a driver, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who they hired was like ex NYPD detective. Uh, now I think he's a private investigator. Great guy, really great guy. Um, uh, man can obviously drive, you know. The guy's been in pursuits before. Like the guy knows how to drive or whatever. And so he was kind of, I think, when he realized he had a stunt double just for the driving, he was kind of like, well, I don't really need a stunt double, you know. I, I could drive this yeah. car. I could do all that. And, uh, and, you know, I was, yeah, 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 you know, but I'm here just, you know, just in case kind of thing. And, but in the back of my head, I'm really saying is it's not just driving the car, you know, lots of people can drive a car fast, pull up and hit where they're, stop where they're supposed to stop. De Niro gets in and drive away fast. Like Mm -hmm. lots of people can do that. It's the reset. It's being doing the same time, same exact way every single time, every take, yeah. every camera setup. Yeah. You know, it's resetting the car, backing it up down this narrow street in the Lower East Side. You know, it's like, you, you, you know, resetting to the right place, being aware of the crew around you, listening to the radio, talking on the radio. Like, it's a lot of different things. And like, well, there's a there's a light stand right next to the car. Mm-hmm. I got to back up and be right close to it. Yeah. You know? it, it requires a lot more skill than just the, in quote, stunt. They're bringing a professional driver in. 100%. To do this, you know, over and over again, right. and most actors—not to knock actors—but yeah. but there's so much work in acting. You know that oh, you're yeah. a great actor who's Thank chosen you. to go into stunts. Like yeah. you could be a fucking very successful actor. Thank you. Thank and you. I'm sure you will continue to be as a stunt actor yeah. and an actor actor. Yeah. Yeah. But most actors, with all they have to do, it's so difficult for them yeah. to hit marks. Yeah, with their feet. Right. Like walking yeah, into yeah. a fucking room right. at the same and I understand you're giving an organic performance. I do right. the same thing. Of course, sometimes you're in it. I'm you're, like I'm, you're in the middle I'm of a it. couple inches off of something because sure. I'm really working on right. just getting right. involved in what right. is being done. It's why they start What's, wide, right? That's yeah. why they start wide yeah. is so that they you can you can get into it or whatever and the the focus on the camera isn't as 
it doesn't need to be as exact. But when you get in close, that's when you got to hit your marks. You got to. You know what marks, I mean? Because right. that's the focus of the camera, or whatever. And and if you don't hit your marks, you're doing it again anyway because it's in focus. So yeah. you might as well hit your marks. You know? Yeah. It's like hundred percent. And um, if you can't hit it on your feet. What makes you think you can hit it with a goddamn car? That you just got over in. and over and over again. Yeah, that you just got in. Let the yeah. stuntman work. Right. Let it. Let him work. Right. I, I just. Yeah, and that's your job is to you know an actor's job is to make sure that the scene is believable with dialogue, with facial expressions, with you know the story. My job is to make the scene look believable with all the action, with the exactly. cars and everything else. Yeah. You know, it's like I'll worry about that, and you worry about that. I'm not worried about how the dialogue sounds. Right, that's not my job. Not my job. Right, my <laughs> job is to, my job is to make sure that nobody gets killed with this car. <laughs> Just out of respect for you, I won't make a do your job Patriots reference right here. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man. I knew it was coming. No, nope, that's it. it that's coming. it. It's all no, nope, no. Nope. Hey. But can we talk about that for a second? Actually, I actually enjoyed the Super Bowl this year. Okay. A lot of people thought it was boring or whatever. I like defensive football. I like defensive football. It was like um, a punter's game, man. Those punters should have been the MVP. Until they, Edelman they started turning it on in like the second half. Or the O-line. The second act. In the second half. Like yeah. when Edelman, you know, turned it on. And, he, I mean, clearly the MVP of the game. But, like, before that, it was like those punters, man, they yeah. were. <laughs> I heard a pretty good argument for Gilmore that I wasn't totally against. That's McCourty, too. Yeah. It, it, was, it was an interesting game. I like defensive games that are a lot more pressure-based. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was a ton of pressure. Yeah. And for me, that's what made it not terribly exciting. Yeah. You throw in a donkey halftime show, and it yeah. was kind of oh, just man. like, what are yeah. we doing here? Yeah. We were hosting something at our house, and was like, you know, we had a couple people over, and so it was more like taking care of George, making sure that, yeah. you know, the food yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. getting eaten off the table, and like yeah. making sure everybody had their drinks and stuff, you know. So I, I watched as much of it as I could, you know, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm happy the Patriots won it. I was like, I was rooting for the Rams, obviously. I'm yeah. a Jets fan. Yeah. Uh, there's no way I can root for the Patriots. But, you know, it was like six times. It's unbelievable. That's, that's amazing. It was a great way to, for the bar to close, too, because we, we closed that night. Oh, that's great. And to yeah. have it go out like that. For you, yeah. I, awesome. I want a square. Thank you, Craft Barbering oh, Company. Great. There you Made go. Made a little money. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, yeah they yeah. definitely took care of it. Yeah. Um, thank God for PayPal and Venmo, all these things where it's like, <laughs> You can do squares 250 right. miles away. Like, right. yeah, I sent you the money five right. seconds ago. You right. should have it. We're good. Right, yeah. What it's a awesome. world. 2019. It's <laughs> crazy. Well, thank you for coming in, man. Hey, man, it was awesome. It's been a pleasure. Here. You know, the Frog March is coming out on YouTube February 27th. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. It's Look awesome. for Danny and I on that. You guys. Crown Vic, too. We didn't even yes. get into Crown Vic. Oh, man. That's right. We uh, we got a surprise for you. Danny and I are both in a, a movie coming out, I think, in the fall. I hope so. I'm yeah, looking forward so to that too. movie. Crown Vic's going to be fun. Yeah. Talk about fun action cops and robber stuff, man. It's yeah. Gonna yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Well, pleasure to have you in. Thanks for being for having me, man. Anytime, brother. And everybody at home, thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe. Rate. Kindly. You know, five stars. All that stuff. As I said, you got problems with the show, email me directly. Don't fuck with my stars. Uh, Matthew, no, it's not Matthew. It's mcwflynn at gmail.com. And uh, like we said, Instagram's at matthewcflynn.com. That's it. Real Tales from the Bar Side. We'll catch you soon. Be good. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Real Tales from the Bar Side. Be sure to tip your bartenders and tip us by subscribing, liking, leaving us a review. That stuff helps like hell, and we really appreciate it. So thank you again. Hope you enjoyed yourself, and we'll catch you next week.